Hallelujah. 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 You're at home right now and you are well. You're recovering from something. God has touched you. You're hearing me because God has touched you. This is a moment for just worship. Oh Lord. Right there as you sit in your seat, in the sofa, on the edge of the bed, at the dining room table with your family. Wherever you are, this is a moment of high praise for God. He has done great things. He's done great things. He's resurrected. He's resurrected. He's resurrected. He's resurrected. He's resurrected. He's resurrected. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. Holy, holy, holy. Father, we, we are in awe of you. We are in awe of you. We are in awe of you. We bow before you. We thank you. for sending your word with more proof of your resurrection verified by more people after you arose than any other cult or religion or or entity that we know that you are the Christ the son of the living God and that your death, burial, and resurrection was not a myth or a story. It is reality. It is fact. It is truth. We thank you, God. This morning we worship you on this Resurrection Sunday. We thank you for your goodness to us. In that while we were yet sinners, you died. While we were yet sinners, you died. While we were yet sinners, you died. Father, we, we come standing in proxy for those who are dejected, anxious, ill in their bodies, ill in their spirits, ill in their mind, 
under tremendous stress, not knowing what to do. Stretch forth your powerful resurrected hands and touch them in the name of Jesus. I speak a touch in the name of Jesus. I speak deliverance in the name of Jesus. I speak a breaking, a breaking, a setting free of the glory of God upon you to heal you in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for allowing us even though we cannot connect in the, in the body, in the physical, as a church, that we are connected in spirit, that there is a congregation, a fellowship of thousands of us connected to you, to worship, to lifting you up, to saying he is risen through the platform of the airways. We thank you for that blessing. We thank you. Together we give a high praise. We give a high praise. We give a high praise. Together we give a high praise. We give a high praise. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Yes, you, 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 every one of you tuning in with us on this awesome Resurrection Sunday on Voice of Refreshing, Times of Refreshing at the Assembly. We thank you for tuning in. And we want to bless you this morning. We want to give God praise that you've decided to tie in with us and magnify the Lord. There is a word for the house today. But I don't want to transition into that before I encourage you to worship God as we have always done. There are folks that are going to be coming out on the other side of this pandemic with more blessing and more breakthrough than they could shake a stick at. And one of the main reasons will be that they have made their sacrifice to invest in God's work rather than make a sacrifice to overload their cupboards with too much teepee and too much paper towels and too much of everything that God already said he's going to supply for you. I want to take a moment to tell you thank you for each one of you that have been supporting the work of God in the midst of a trying time that you have committed yourself to trust God in faith. This is where the money or the rubber reaches the road. As you see online, we've got three different ways that you can bless the kingdom. You can text to give. You can get on our main website and go into our uh, assembly, theassemblyflorence.org and give now. All of those things are already there for you. I'd like to take just a, a minute, give you some time to do that as the worship team sings one other song. 
And then we will go right into the word of God this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Glory be to God. the opportunity that you gave us to bless the kingdom father even as we as a church body have endeavored to not just receive but to invest in the community to invest in blessing our first responders invest in taking care of the widows and needy not just in prayer but in food and other necessary things that they would need and find it hard to get out of their homes we thank you that you've given us a heart to invest like that God we thank you that we've stuck and had the faith to continue blessing the dozens of missionaries that we are have been financially supporting on the mission field 
and we continue to do that in the midst of a pandemic because we trust you for those who have invested in the kingdom today we ask God that you will open up the doors of heaven open up the windows of heaven open up the windows of heaven and let there be manna let there be manna let there be manna for those oh God who have stood and are standing in faith trusting you as their source and their resource we give you glory and honor and praise God as the word of God goes forth let me decrease let your word increase quicken the ears of the hearers and let miracles happen on this resurrection Sunday in the name of Jesus we pray amen would you give God a high praise Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you so much, worship team. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As you resettle at home, as they are leaving the stage, I want you to know that as a leadership body, we are committed, myself, my executive pastor, Pastor Ron, our board, our department leaders, we are committed to doing right by God's work, God's money, and God's people. We thank you again for your, your giving. As I said in the beginning, there is a word for the house this morning. There is a word for the house this morning. Welcome to times of refreshing at the assembly. And welcome to Resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah. Ha look at the person next to you and tell them, with the passion that you can muster. He is risen. I know he's alive. He is risen. I know he's alive. Hallelujah. I don't want us to move any further without reaffirming our declaration, not just against the COVID pandemic, but against every other thing that you might be facing. Some of you are not feeling the physical effects of COVID-19, but you are under the attack and have been even before this started of financial pressure. You have been dealing with other illnesses before the pandemic got here. You have been dealing with family discord before the pandemic. The things that were there before the pandemic started are still there. And so we are not going to just declare victory against this pandemic. We are going to declare victory against everything in our lives. You can put it down on a piece of paper and as you need, I want you, I'm encouraging you. I have been for the last three weeks encouraging everyone to take our declaration, plug your need in, and declare God's word to it. 
If you can, repeat after me. Today I stand in aggressive faith. For God's touch in every area of my life. In Jesus' name. I see victory. So I declare the arrest and annihilation of COVID-19 in Jesus' name. I dismantle its grip and dismember its demonic tentacles from my family, my church, my community, my city, and our country. I derail and further demolish all anxieties, fears, and turmoils that arises in or around me because of this virus. In Jesus' name, I stand secure on each of Abba Father's promises left to me in Proverb in Psalms 91. My faith in Jehovah Rapha has made me whole and free. I make this proclamation in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Father, we have proclaimed it. We hold on to this proclamation by faith and we believe the results are coming in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. If you've got your Bibles out, would you turn with me to the book of Daniel? I went to the Lord and said, Father, I know everyone over the years have exhausted the story of the resurrection. It is, free, it, is, it is refreshing every time I speak about it. Every time we celebrate it, every year we come into the Easter season. There is an, there's, a, there's an excitement that fills me. I love Easter. I love to talk about the resurrection. I love giving God praise for the resurgence, the arising of his son. But I asked him, I said, Lord, is there any, anything else? Could I, could I, is there a way for me to, to connect the power of resurrection to what we are going through today in our country? And I believe God has given me something for you. Daniel chapter 3, verse 19 through 30. Going to read from the NIV, the new King James Version, sorry. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they 
heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, before the king commanded with urgency and the fiery furnace exceedingly hot, the flames of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Verse 23. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king, look! He answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, come forth. From the midst of the fire. And the sheriffs and administrators and governors and the king's counselors gathered together and they saw these men whose bodies the fire had no power over. The hair of their head was not singed nor their garments affected. And the smell of fire was not on them. Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him. They have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve or worship any god except their own god, Jehovah. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. I know you are wondering how is there a connection between our resurrection celebration of today and the story of God's deliverance in the lives of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There's still Many who, like me, attended Sunday school or Bible kids camp and was captivated by the, the, the fiery furnace story of the three Hebrew boys 
or how God delivered Jonah from the belly of a big fish. But today, on Easter Sunday, we celebrate the truth that is that Jesus' death saved us from the fire of eternal demise. His burial was without decomposition. His body was never rotted. His father would not allow it. And his marvelous resurrection on the third day guarantees eternal salvation to anyone who believes. But this morning, because of the, the pain and, and devastation of, of the pandemic we are facing, I, I, I'm, I'm set with the daunting task of, of connecting a bridge between his resurrection and our persecution. What could be so triumphant about walking through the furnace of death And then answer the question of what we do when we find ourselves going through triumph that looks like a tragedy. If I could give our message today as title, it would be when triumph looks like tragedy. You've got to understand that the first connection is that the adversary did not know that his killing Jesus was already in the plan of God the Father to deliver each one of us. That according to the adversary, according to Satan, when he planned when he orchestrated the death of Jesus, his thought process was, I am annihilating God's plan, any plan of, 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 of redemption for humanity. He did not know. He could not have known because he's not all-knowing. That his own plan for Jesus' demise was already in God's plan for the resurrection and deliverance of humanity. I'd like to expound just a bit on the three young men who I believe had the backbone of a steel post, who would not bend or bow I want to watch them as, as, as they endeavor to stand and endure the fiery furnace of affliction. I want to learn some lessons from the fiery furnace experience of these young men. Because Jesus, in the process of death, burial, and resurrection, went through the same thing. But he's God. He's God in flesh. We expect him to come out victorious. The question is, how do we, how do we 
come out victorious. When, when triumph, victory that has already been given to us looks like a tragedy when it's right in front of us. Verse 19 through 23 of our reading gives the first point that I want to leave with you this morning on Resurrection Sunday. Number one, if you are and I are going to walk through corona, financial stress, physical attack, cancer, whatever is pressing on you today, if you will come out on the other side like Jesus did, like the three Hebrew boys did, you and I must be willing to embrace the pressure of persecution. I know, I know, I know, I know, none of us like to be put under pressure. None of us likes pain. None of us likes to continuously walk through the fiery furnace of life's pressure. But it is, it is essential. It's important. Because we can't get around it. There will be pressure. There will be pressure. There will be pressure. There will be pressure. The question is, how do we do it? My first admonition is that if you know Jesus as your personal savior this morning, you can embrace it like Jesus embraced the cross. When everyone else is running helter skelter with anxiety and fear and worry, oh, you can say, greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. My God shall supply every need that I have according to his riches and glory. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. You can stand on his word and embrace the persecution and the pressure. In the context of this story, Nebuchadnezzar reacts in anger to the stance taken by the three Hebrew boys and determined to destroy them in a fiery furnace. He ordered them bound and cast into this furnace because they did not allow themselves to bargain at the altar of worship. The pressure that was put on them was to worship something that was man-made, something that's, that, that another human being placed in front of them. In this case, it was Nebuchadnezzar the king. In our case today, it is money for many of us. In some of us, it is a, a good or, or, or somewhat good marriage. For some of us, it's a good education. For others of us, it's, uh, it's our, uh, our, our standing in the community. For others, it is, uh, the way we, we, we look at, at the property and the value that we have based on our investment. But there cannot be anything that stands in the way of worshiping the God of all gods. 
There has to be for you and I to go through corona, go through sickness, go through cancer, go through diabetes, go through financial woe, go through pressure, go through stress, and come out on the other side saying, Blessed be the name of the Lord who gives and takes away. The way to do it is to commit ourselves to worshiping only the true and living God. Why is there all this anger leveled at these men? There are three sub-points that I want to give you very quickly that you and I have to face on this awesome celebration day. The celebration of Easter is about what Christ did for you and I. But there is another celebration that God wants to see. And that is out the celebration of you and I trusting in the validity of his death, burial, and resurrection. And standing in faith to see victory in our lives. Sub point A. They were persecuted because of their standards. Let me tell you. You already know it. There is continuous pressure right now to put yourself in a position and the company of compromise on your Christian standards. I was in the store the other day and uh, I've been looking for Lysol. And you know they don't, doesn't stay on the shelf. As soon as they put it out, it's gone. We needed it so badly. I needed some more for the church. And so as soon as I walked in, I prayed. I went to three stores. And God said, this, that, that one right there, the one you're about to pass, turn around and go in. And I went, just followed his leading, turned around, went in. That was the blessing of God. But when I got there, they had just put out a case of Lysol. And you could just take the entire case if you could buy it. Or you could leave some. There was one case there with eight cans in it. I walked up first, and my initial response was, we need it really bad. I'm taking all eight of them. And as I picked up the box, an old lady came walking up, and she said, is all the light salt gone? And I said, yes, ma'am. And Holy Spirit said, no, it's not all gone, son. I said, well, we need it. We, we re- it's not all gone, son. I looked back at the lady and I said, ma'am, yes, the counter doesn't have any more, but I have some and I'm going to give you one if it's okay. And I stretched back and gave her one. And before I got to the counter in front, there's another person that says to me, do you see any more Lysol? I said, I, I, I checked and I don't think there's any more. And I'm walking off and Holy Spirit says, uh, but, but there is more. You've got some more. G- give them another one. I, but we're down to six, Lord. He said, give them another. Give, give it away. Bless someone else. So I took one. I said, there's none on the shelf, but here is one. And I blessed them. The world is pressuring you 
at this time of persecution, in this pandemic, to follow their standards. If I had followed the standards of the world, the standards of the world says, I need it. I've been looking for it. I couldn't find it in six stores. I found it. I'm keeping it. I'm not giving anybody anything. But God said, you are not the source. You are not the resource. I am the source and the resource. When I tell you to give, you give. When I tell you to move, you move. When I tell you to do, you do. And if you do that and refuse to bow to the elements of this world, refuse to stand on their philosophies and their rules, but follow my standard, everything will work out right for you. That's A. B is they were persecuted because of their Savior. These boys refused to bow. Nebuchadnezzar had set himself up as the Savior of the people. You and I are going to be pushed to lift people up around you because they are in a position according to the world's standards, to promote you, to get you to where you want to be. And the pressure will be to treat them as your savior, as the one who can open a door for you, as the one who can help you get what you don't have. But I'm here to tell you, if you stand like Jesus did, and if you stand like the three Hebrew boys did, and you say, first, I'm going to keep my God-given standards, and then second, I am going to stand for the principles of my Savior, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You will not be left alone. You will not be left alone. They were persecuted because of their standards, their savior, and their stance. They had a principle that was based on loving God. A principle of saying, I have trusted him in the past and seen him do things that I cannot even explain. I have seen him do the impossible in my life. I have seen him do the miraculous. I will not stop believing now. Let me tell you, if you are a Christian right now, this is the time to double down. This is the time to press in. This is the time to pray without ceasing because you and I are walking through this land. We are coming out on the other side of Egypt and you don't want to come out of Egypt unprepared for the blessing of Canaan. You don't want to come out on the other side of this disease, this pandemic and not have yourself set for the blessing that God has for you. The first point was I must, I must, I must be willing to embrace pressure and persecution. Jesus said to his father, going to the cross, so it's not my will, 
I really don't want to do this, Bob. I, I don't want to do this. He, he was by himself in Gethsemane. And he said, I, this is not what I want to do. But, 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 but he said, you know, in the, mid, in the middle of that, 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 that conversation, he says, wait a minute. Nevertheless, don't worry about it, Papa. It is not my will. It's your will. Is there something that you have been fighting God to to nail on, conversing with God about what your will is opposed to what his will is? I'm telling you this morning, if you will come out on the, on the, on the, on the front end, on the back end, victorious and living life to the fullest, you're going to have to say, it's not my will, it's your will. You're going to have to make a decision about whether or not you want to keep pushing back and forth with God rather than just saying, Lord, I release it. Your standards are my standards. Your stance is my stance. Your, your, your way is my way. Point number two. I must, you must be willing <clears throat> to let my faith preserve me. You gotta, number one, I said, you've gotta, you've gotta make a decision about embracing your persecution. Embrace it and say, God, I'm not running away. I don't know if this is a, if this is a trial to just have someone else look at me and see how I go through. I don't know if this is something that you're allowing me to, to handle because it's part of my growth process. I don't know why, but I'm going to hold, I'm going to stand, I'm going to embrace, and I'm going to trust you like the Hebrew boys. Number two, I've got to let my faith preserve me. Now you are going to have a problem in the midst of this epidemic if you have been one of those Christians that the New Testament refers to, the apostle says, says as God spoke, says, listen, man, I, I wish that you were hot or cold. I, I wish that you were just, just plain on fire for me or just cold as ice. But this travel stuff you've been doing, today you're with me, tomorrow you, this hold me, loose me type of relationship, I can't stand it. Can I say this morning what you already know? That one of the things that have plagued us as a country because of God's blessing, it has come out of God's blessing in our lives. It's come out of God's open door in our lives. It's, it's come out of being human, really. Born in sin and shaped in iniquity. That, that we cry for help. And as soon as help comes, as soon as, as things get better, as soon as life starts to flow in the right way, we give up. We lose our connection with God. We lose our intensity. We begin to straddle the fence. I am telling you this morning that if you are going to be like Jesus. If you are going to enjoy resurrection power in your life, if you are going to walk in the glory of his resurrectedness, you're going to have to do what the Hebrew boys did. And that is, they didn't just embrace the persecution of the fiery furnace, 
But they, they, they did not allow their fate to be moved. They, they, they said, I have been trusting God before this got here. And I'm going to trust God after this leaves. In the meanwhile, I'm going to let my fate in God preserve me. If you're listening to me this morning, it is essential that you understand there is victory if it has already been determined that you will not give up or give in, that you will not straddle the fence with God, that you will not play around with your faith, that you have determined that come hell or high water, my faith is standing on the promises of God. Let your faith preserve you this morning. Let your faith preserve you. Uh, there's still time for repentance. If you have been straddling the fence before trouble came and you're still alive, God has still got mercy and he's giving it out freely today. You still have time to say, God, forgive me and get yourself back on the side of, of a fiery passion for God. Let your faith preserve you. These boys didn't have faith in something. They had faith in someone. Let me say that again. These young men did not have faith in something. They did not say they were, I'm a believer, but their lives showed that their true faith was in their money. They didn't say I'm a Christian, but their true, their true, their true, the way they lived their lives proved to everyone that their, that their faith was in their position at the job, that their faith was in their family background, that their faith was in something else but truly in God. That kind of straddling will railroad you and I when trouble really comes. And it is damaged, I could see the damage, those that have been straddling the fence. Now, especially when we are asked to wear masks in the store and we put it on, I go into the grocery store and now I don't have to look at faces. I see the eyes as soon as I look. I'm walking around and I'm seeing eyes. I don't have to look at seeing someone want give me a fake smile. You can look at the eyes today and tell that there is bewilderness, there's anxiety, there's worry and fear because folks have been straddling the fence before trouble came. Folks have lost faith and have been playing around with God's blessing before trouble came. And now trouble is here. There is no hope. There is just anxiety and fear and worry. But I'm encouraging you this morning. To let your faith in Jehovah preserve you and bring you out on the other side. You were made for what you're going through. Let me tell you, let me say that again. You were made for what you're going through. Jesus was made for the process he went through to deliver us. He was made for that. He was made for that. He was made for that. The three Hebrew boys were made for that. They were made for that. They, they, it was already in the book. That they would go through the trial of the fiery furnace. And they would come out on the other side victorious. 
Can I tell you, just like the men who attempted to throw them into the fire died while they were still alive, there are many people that can't go through what you're going to go through. There are folks that aren't ready. They are not made for what you've been made for. There are people around you that don't understand how you, they're going to look at you and they're they're not going to understand how you could be smiling in the midst of this stuff. They're going to look at you and wonder how could you be lifting your hands and have joy unspeakable and full of glory coming out of you in the midst of this thing. But I am telling you this morning, you were made for this. 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 They may die if they went through the same thing you were going through. They will not make it. But because God has his hand on you, because God has covered you with his blood, because God has washed you, because Jesus paid his blood on the cross of Calvary for you, and you and I have embraced it, and we have said, God, come hell or high water, I believe that you died for me. Because of that, you're going to come out on top. You're going to come out victorious. Point number three, coming out of our story. Lord Jesus. So much that I'm just passing through. I want to get you out of here in good time. And we'll probably do more in Bible study. Just breaking this open with more scripture reference. But point number three is. I must let purpose promote me. I must let purpose, his purpose, promote me. I cannot, I cannot go through life as a believer without God's purpose stamped on my life. Here's why you and I have to, have to, have to press into God's purpose in this season. Because you don't know what the purpose is for the next season. See, when I was growing up, the, the, the mentality that I had was that once I found purpose, that my purpose was to be uh, in ministry and pastor, that that was it. There's no other purpose. That, that, that I, that's where I'll be all of my life. But I'm coming to find out that quite often... As you walk through life with God, he's going to change purpose according to changes in season. That in this season, this is the purpose he's got for you. If you miss the purpose he has for you in this season, there is another season with another purpose. Seldomly does he take the purpose from this season and put it over in that season. It is why the word says, I believe, I must do the works of him who what? Sent me while it is day. It is day for the purpose that God has placed on your life now in this season. You cannot wait. We cannot wait any longer. 
I believe one of the main purposes of the church today, right now, is to pray. It's to pray. If you have not been a good intercessor before, this is the time when you can go from the bottom of the line as, a, as an F student in the faith and you can get to the very top and become an A student, an honor roll student in the kingdom. Because in this season, one of the things that will catapult you to the honor roll of the kingdom is being able to intercede, is being able to pray without ceasing. When everyone else is losing faith, when everyone else is so anxious that they can't pray, this is the time when you can assure yourself of God's help that will take you out of the Egypt of this coronavirus, out of the, e the Egypt of your financial stress, out of the Egypt of the pressure and the anxieties of life and take you into the promised land that he has already mandated for you. For you. Everyone there that day came away with a greater understanding of who God was and what God could do. Only because the three Hebrew boys did not allow their purpose to be railroaded. Can I go over our three points today? Because I want you to get these three main points in our message this morning. Because they all fall under the general category, the general theme of what do I do? What do I do when my triumph is looking like a tragedy? When Jesus went to the cross... The triumph was already done. The victory was already proclaimed. Satan did not know it. To everyone else, his disciples even worried. Oh my gosh, we've lost our Savior. What do we do? They were all scattered and worried and didn't know what to do. They did not realize that the victory had already been won. That the victory had already been won. That the victory had already been won. Today, your victory is already won. You have just got to stand on the word of God. What do I do when my triumph looks like a tragedy? The first point was that I have to embrace the pressure. Don't run away from it. Embrace it. Embrace it. Because the word of God says, in your weakness, what? God said, in your weakness, I'm made strong. When you embrace the pressure and run to God, you embrace it. And as you embrace it, you feel like you're fainting. <laughs> As you embrace it, you feel like you're going to die. As you embrace it, you feel like you're not going to make it. As you embrace it, you feel like everything is gone. I'm going to die right here. I'm going to die in the fish's tummy. I'm going to die in my lion's den. I'm going to die on the cross and there will be no resurrection for me. But I am telling you this morning that when your triumph is presented like a tragedy and you hold on to God and his word, and you embrace it and say, Lord, 
You are my only hope. I'm telling you today that you will come out of your Egypt with victory. You will come out of your situation with a win. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be next week. But if you keep holding on, when you look at your life a year and a half from now, and you say, when I look back over my life, and you scan for a year or two, you will realize that God's hand had navigated you in and out of sure death. And has brought you to a place of stability and sureness. How do I, what do I do when my triumph is presented to me like a tragedy? I must embrace the pressure and take it to God. Don't compromise, don't compromise, don't compromise. Don't lean on sinners. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor what? Standeth in the way of sinners, nor what? Sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight. Oh, yes, yes, yes. His delight is what? In the law of the Lord. And in his law that he meditate day and night. What is the result? And you will be like a tree planted by the what? Rivers of water that bring it forth. Fruit in the season that God designates. In the fruit that God has come in the season that God has commanded. In the time that God has set, now is fruit time for you. Everyone else is going to wither, but you're going to be fruitful. Why? Because you made up your mind to embrace the pressure and run to God. What you do when triumph looks like tragedy? You let your faith preserve you. It is not the right time. It is not a good time. It is not a good time to waffle on your fate when you're on the pressure. It is not a good time to be, to be second guessing God's word when you're on the pressure. Here's the way that you do that. He said, David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you or that I may not waffle or may, that I may not be lukewarm or that I may not be going. Thy word have I what? Hidden in my heart. I think the reason it says hidden in my heart is because quite often when you are putting the word in, it doesn't seem to be addressing anything in particular. <laughs> it's just there, tucked away. As you invest, as you read, as you eat, as you digest the word of God, wherever it is, it seems to be going in places where nobody's paying attention. Not even your own spirit, but it's in there. It's in there. And when trouble comes, the word of God within you will rise up. The word of God. You have got to let your faith preserve you. In this time of tragedy, in this time of panic, in this time of pandemic, 
on this Easter Sunday, this Resurrection Sunday, I know almost all, a lot of pastors are just talking about Jesus and the resurrection. But that's stuff that most people know about. What we want today is a practical picture. A practical picture is seen in the lives of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who went through much of the same as Jesus did. Instead of waffling, they stood. And because they stood resolute, unashamed, unrelenting in their faith, the result was God's promotion and purpose, God's purpose and promotion coming into their lives. You are listening to me this morning and you are questioning where, where, when, when is my promotion coming? Where is my promotion? Where is it? Where is, when is it coming? How am I going to be delivered? When am I going to be delivered? When will I walk into my destiny? How will I walk into, to, to, to the blessing that God has for me? All I can tell you is hold on to your purpose. Hold on to your purpose. Do your job. Bill Belichick, one of the, 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 the the most prolific head coaches in the NFL has one philosophy that he stands by. He says to every one of his players, do your job. Whatever you are are committed or or directed to do, whatever your purpose, what God has led you to, to lead, led you to do, led you to be a part of, led you to do, do it. Don't wait for someone else to push you. If I have to push you, it's not purpose. If Pastor Ron has to push you, it's not purpose. If your family has to push you, it's not purpose. If a TV minister has to push you, it's not purpose. The word of God, if the word of God ignites passion in you, then you have probably caught on to purpose. Let the purpose that God has for you in this season promote you to your victory. This morning, I want you to take a moment and just bow your heads with me wherever you are at home. Jesus already did what he was supposed to do. Jesus did what he was supposed to do. The reason we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus is because he did what he was supposed to do. But God, on the heels of what Jesus did, wants to be able to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, based on your commitment to purpose in your life. If what you're going through right now feels like a tragedy, feels like like desolation, feels like annihilation, feels like a demolishing. I want you to know that God will not let it happen. Your destruction will not come if you hold on to God. If you say like Jesus, nevertheless, it's not my will, Father. It is not my will. It is your will. Whatever you decide, whatever you want, I will do it. Father, 
we come before you saying, oh, how we need you. We cannot function without your help this morning. So many times your help has been right there waiting on us. And we have passed your helping hand and tried to find help in some other person, some other thing, some other way. But today, we embrace the pressure and we fall into your arms. Today, we cry out to you and we say, it's your will, not our will. Today, we embrace our purpose because we know that promotion is coming. We don't want to miss our promotion, Lord. We don't want to miss our promotion. We do not want to miss our breakthrough. We do not want to miss our breakthrough. I don't want to miss my breakthrough. I don't want to miss my breakthrough, Lord. Give me the strength to keep holding on. Give me the strength to keep holding on. Give me the strength to keep holding on in Jesus' name. Give us the strength to keep holding on in the name of Jesus. 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 If you are listening to my voice right now, you are unsaved. You have never received Jesus as your personal savior. Right now, if tragedy hits, your soul is lost. Here's an opportunity. I invite you to let Jesus in. I invite you to let Jesus in. I invite you to let Jesus in. He's not going to fail you. Your troubles will not disappear, but your strength will become, I mean, unimaginable. The things that you failed at before, you will accomplish now because he's giving you the strength to go through, the grace to go through it. Repeat after me, dear Jesus, I come to you asking for your help repenting of my own sin dear Jesus forgive me forgive me for breaking your law for spending my life with a back turned to your love Dear Jesus, I thank you for another chance. I thank you for another chance. I thank you for your, another chance to embrace your grace and embrace your mercy and to feel your salvation filling my life in the name of Jesus. I receive your life. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your help. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.
today I want to say to each of you that we have been praying that God touched you before we ever got on the broadcast and that we are interceding even after we get off that God will continue to work glory in your life that the things that seem to be devastatingly unbearable today will be your springboard to blessing and success in the future on behalf of myself our executive pastors our leaders our board our department heads our worship team our worship leader we thank you for spending easter with us we know we know that our God does not want you to just celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, his son, but he wants you to be able to celebrate the resurgence of life and success in your home and your situation. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for being with us on our times of refreshing at the assembly. We look forward to seeing you tying in with us on Wednesday night. We can't wait to see you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful day.